thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, it's great to see you. Let's give King Jesus a shout out. Can we do that? It's so good to be in the house of God. Um, and welcome. I loved Nathan's welcome, but all of you that consider yourself new, uh, welcome. We're glad that you're here. Hey, um, hey, didn't Nathan do a great job last week? That was so wonderful. I loved it. And uh, so great. So clear. And then incredible message by Pastor Hal Perkins the week before. And uh, I loved it. I love joining online. Uh, my wife and our four kids have been on vacation, but we joined online and our hearts We're just thrilled to be with you, although there's nothing like being in the room uh, with you and hanging out together. And so uh, just so grateful for the leaders in this house, grateful for what God is doing. Uh, Also, uh, just want to give you a heads up on kind of where we're at as we come to conclude the summer. uh, Basically, we take the summer to really focus in on other people. And so uh, our aim and our goal is to take those precious months that everybody's got a little bit more margin and focus on other people. And so that's why we jump all in on serving teenagers or serving uh, Camp Radiant with kids, serve day, um, and had a trip uh, go out to the Dream Center. And we'll only increase that in future years uh, as we want to really take summer to focus on outreach or on others. But as we go into the fall, we've got this little window right here before we go into our fall small group semester. And in our, our fall small groups, that's where we're really focusing in on discipleship, on, being, on growing as disciples of Jesus. And so there's some people that are uh, early on in the journey, some people that have been walking with Jesus for a long time. There's some people that we want to even take small groups and use them as outreach small groups where you are intentional to serve others or even where you'll use a group to help people come to know Jesus and be in an environment with followers of Jesus where some people don't know Jesus and you'll lead a group in that way. So we're going to launch that on September 11th our fall small groups. Uh, But before that, we take 21 days of prayer um, in the fall, and and our focus is on our devotional life. So starting next week, we'll begin 21 days of prayer. Our team has put together a 21-day prayer journal that you'll be able to receive next week. Also, we'll give uh, all of you that would like one uh, a journal to just spend time with Jesus each day. And really our aim is believing fully the John 15 idea that as we uh, abide, as we spend time with Jesus, as we know God, then in the overflow of that, that's where he does the work. So it's not the work that you do, it's the work that he does, but he does it through you as you abide. And so we're gonna take 21 days starting next week to spend time with God each day and we'll have those journals available for you. Uh, And that'll be a powerful time where what we're inviting you to is to take those 21 days and make it a priority. Take 21 days and say, you know, to the best that I can. And I've seen high school kids, I've seen junior high kids be able to do this. So no guilt right there, no shame. I'm just telling you, it's possible. And say, I'm gonna spend some time alone with Jesus for 21 days 
uh, and get along with them each day. If you miss a day, uh, that's all right. Uh, but then you go, all right, let's go for 20. All right, well, I missed two. Let's go for 19. And, um, and my aim is, is to connect all of our hearts closer to Jesus going into the fall so that we can see great fruit in the fall. All right, so that's a little bit about what's coming up. One more thing I want you to be aware of, and that's a big deal. Uh, we have our, uh, our first women's event on September 10th called Flourish coming up, everybody. And so um, that's gonna be a great time. And uh, I want to encourage you ladies to uh, register. It's uh, going to be, actually, we have Donna Lassett coming uh, from the Pearl Church in Denver, and she'll keynote that, as well as uh, our aim here is to help ladies connect going into the fall. So there'll be uh, table group leaders, and all of the small group leaders will lead a table. And so um, it's going to be great. I'm excited about all of, the, all of the ways that those are working together. Uh, that, that age on that is 13. Um, uh, years old if you're coming with your mom. And so we want to make a way for some teenage girls to be there with their mom. And I'm believing that to be a powerful time for the ladies. I won't be there, uh, but Renata will be, bless God. And so um, it's going to be good. All right, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to conclude this parable series today. Matthew chapter 13, let's go there. And uh, this, is a, this is a fun one. And I wanted to end this series on this one because of where we're going for 21 days of prayer. And there's a lot of great parables I think this is one that gets deep into the heart of just the basic idea of loving, knowing, and here's the, 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 the word, treasuring Christ. Matthew chapter 13, famous parable. We'll end our parable series on this one. My hope is, is that this will just dig up some unplowed ground. This will soften the soil of your heart, preparing to go into 21 days of prayer. Verse 44 says this, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, great word right there, joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for the fine pearls. And when he found, he found it. Just great word. There it is again. Same idea. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Father, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray that the word of God, Lord Jesus, would grow deep, go deep into our hearts. We pray, Lord, that, that this idea that Jesus taught so long ago would be alive and clear and relevant and flourishing in our hearts today. So do something fresh with this familiar text. Do something new in us today. Work supernaturally in us. God, we honor you and we love you. And everybody said amen. amen. Uh, while we were on vacation, uh, which by the way, I just got to tell you, most of my illustrations are from vacation today. So just so you know, it's, sorry, it's what you get. Uh, but um, Renata and I sit up in the front and then we have four uh, children, uh, 12, 14, 16, and 18, and they sit in the back. And, uh, I, and we drove across the country and I know the goal is, is to uh, have nonstop Bible talk, nonstop conversation all the way across the country. But true confession, we allowed them to watch uh, some movies. All right, so there it is, throw stones later. So anyway, so, so they're watching this movie and uh, I hear from the back seat coming loud something from my generation. This is not their generation. This is like Gen X song. This is not Gen Z. I, I, but I, I hear... But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. Most of the content, I have no idea what it is. It sounds just like wacky craziness. But out of nowhere, I hear an anthem. 
that I know and I'm familiar with. Only to say, hey, what are you watching? Only to hear, it's, it's, it comes from seeing two. And so it's this kid's movie with suddenly Bono singing, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And for just a few moments of their movie, I liked it, all right? <laughs> just a few moments, like, what's up? Yeah, there you go. Y'all stealing that from my generation. But I'm meditating on Matthew 13 while driving down the road, while hearing Bono sing from the back, and I'm thinking to myself, that's actually the anthem of my generation. Now it's going deep into this generation. Why? Because that's an anthem that lives in the heart of the culture. I haven't found what I'm looking for. And as long as you're singing that song, people join in with you. But that's not the anthem of the laborer in Matthew 13 or the merchant in Matthew 13 who finds more than they're looking for. The anthem of Matthew 13 would sound a little bit more like, anybody remember Delirious? I found Jesus. Man, I'm so glad. Just me, 90s. <laughs> Old school 70s. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Or if you don't know either of those, that song we just sang about, this is my homecoming. You're more than I could have ever imagined. And if you were to take the parable and look at the heart cry of the man who found the treasure, hit it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. It wouldn't be, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. It would be, I have found more than I ever imagined. I, the story of my life is I found the kingdom. And in our culture, the moment that you flip to that story, you're culturally rejected. Like if you'll just see, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Hey, I'm on a quest. You haven't found it. I haven't found it. All right. What's up, baby? Then the concert can be over. We'll still sing together. We all have that in common. But you, you start to say that at a coffee shop, people be like, yeah, let's talk. Let's have some conversation. But the moment that you say, what's up? I found more than, I, than what I've been looking for. His name is Jesus. The kingdom of God is like a treasure to me. It's like, it's like a pearl. It's more than I, Jesus is the answer. Answer, then they go, whoa, 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 you're a little irrelevant. I don't want to have this conversation with you. And I just want to encourage us today that it is still the story for you and me out of an overflow of gratitude to celebrate, to thank God that we have found a treasure that the world cannot offer. That out of all of the philosophies of the day, out of every ism that the world has to offer, there is a person, there is a kingdom, there is something that is of high value to us today. And that is the anthem. So we've transitioned in our heart. Oh, we may have started, we may have started with a little Joshua tree, baby. Mm. But we have, we have found a higher song. We have found a song that has transformed our lives. And that's what flows from the human heart after experiencing, I've found Jesus. Oh, and I'm so glad. Matthew 13, these parables are called the similitudes. And it's this moment where Jesus is talking about the, what the kingdom is like. And the kingdom is where the king reigns, where the king rules. It's where Jesus, the king, takes up residency as king. And so as kingdom people, we're the people that are no longer doing it the world's way. We're doing it Jesus' way. And in Jesus' way, he says, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a man sowing seed, a sower sowing seed. And does it fall on what kind of soil? No, it's kind of like, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a little bit like 
a mustard seed that starts small. It's a little bit like yeast that grows big. And Jesus is giving what's similar. He's saying, it's like this. The kingdom is like this. And the kingdom is like this. And as he teaches, he gets to this one. And he gives great clarity on the idea of value. Because there's three different kinds of people that have gathered in this moment to hear from Jesus. There's the people that have said, all in, baby. Let's go. I have decided to follow Jesus. I've left everything. I'm going to follow you. There's some people that have said, no, I'm out. And Jesus is addressing the people that are still on the fence. And he's saying, you don't get to be the people that stop and consider all the options. To the one who knows who Jesus is, what the kingdom is like, it's the ones that say, wow, I'm all in. I'm not sitting on the fence. I'm not looking at my options. I'm following. Confession. Uh, Not only was there movies on the drive, but on our vacation, we watched a little Shark Tank on our vacation. And um, so this is in my brain. So uh, we're watching Shark Tank, and there's just this funny moments to me because... um, because we're watching, if you're, not, if you're not familiar with it, it's a TV show, investors, they call them the sharks and people come and they give their investment idea and then they try to make a deal. And so this might fall flat if you've never seen the show, but I'm watching this show where, where these people with millions of dollars are talking with people that are interested in trying to partner with them. And it's a, it's a, it's a funny moment when one of the investors will make a great deal and then they, the, the one who's wanting to invest will say, Shall we, shall we do the deal? And then when the people say, do I have any other options? There's moments where the shark goes, I'm out. You looked at other options. And I was just thinking about this. Imagine where we come to Jesus and we bring our ashes. And he says in Isaiah that he takes our ashes and he turns it to beauty. He takes what we have, which is nothing. We bring just our prone tendency to selfishness, living for me. We, we have guaranteed death and he comes along and he says, I'll give you life. I'll transform your emotions. I'll transform your desires. I'll give you eternal life. And it's kind of like a moment where you look at him and say, are there any other options? And in that moment, just like on Shark Tank, they go, if you don't want my deal, I'm out. Jesus looks at you and he goes, don't look at other options. He comes along and he says, tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hundred million dollars for your five cent lemonade stand. And we have a tendency to go, Barbara, Mark, Lori, anybody else? And he goes, come on. Here's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you have found Jesus, I found Jesus. It becomes the defining story of your life. And we're no longer looking at our different options. We're celebrating. Did I really find what transforms my present life, and my eternity. The parable that Jesus presents here of the hidden treasure is one that if you take even the motive of the way Jesus presents it, and Jesus doesn't have to give us this. Jesus could just go great exchange. I give you so much. You give me so little. You're the winner. But but he gives motive. That's the fun part about this text. I just... I read it and I go, so, so the, the motive of the man who sacrifices all is not merely 
logic, although it's logical. Jesus gives us just this little window into why you would sacrifice all. And he goes, ah, the kingdom of heaven. It's, it's like a man found a hidden treasure in a field. When he found it, he hid it again. And then he gives us this phrase. He gives us the motive of the man on why he sold all and why he sacrificed. He said, and in his joy, in his joy, come on. No, we're the kind of people that grit our teeth and bear Christianity. I will not do bad things. I will survive. No. The great worth of the treasure motivates the man to possess joy, to get rid of everything so that he might have the one thing that matters. And I'm telling you, when that gets deeply embedded in us, the real joy, not just a theologian, not just another quote, not just another Bible verse that you kind of hear another preacher say, but when you would say, wow, the worth of the treasure of the kingdom is so big. And what I have is so small. I surrender all and I gain that. Joy, baby, joy, joy, joy. That is why I sell all because of the great worth and the unique activity in the parable for the merchant or for the laborer. And the reason why there's these two different ones is because a laborer, he would be a common man. A laborer would be uh, the, the man who found it in the field. He would be a worker in the field who is probably working somebody else's field, finds the treasure, and then hides it again so that he's the one that knows, okay, the old lot down on the corner that nobody thinks is worth anything. And that laborer knows that's worth everything. And I prize it. I value it. Even though... Other people don't prize it like I prize it because I know that there's value in it. Or, but, and that would be, that would be a, a common man that discovered it. And then the, the parable of the merchant who finds the pearl of great price or the, or the pearl of great value, what he does for a living as a merchant is look for pearls. This is what, he's an expert, so he's searching for it. So this one, this man finds it as an expert as one that's looking for it. And this man finds it just as a discovery. And, 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 and we, we really have both of these realities in our lives. Because we have this, this moment where however you found Jesus, whatever it looks like, where suddenly salvation, Jesus saves you. And it dovetails with this reality that those who search those who go after the hidden treasure, those who go after and look for the pearl are the ones that find it. And you, I was thinking about even this idea, both of them, both of them end up with the treasure. One, it's just, he, he finds it. It's, it's a delight. It's just, it's a shock. The other, he's actually searching for it. Maybe you could think about even in your own journey, what your story is. Because there are some people where, 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 you know, you don't even know all the, all the variables in the equation to get you to the moment where you surrendered your life to Jesus. You were just chasing that girl. She took you to young life and you went to young life and you're like, Oh, who's Jesus? And boom, you found Jesus. Like, what's up? I was thinking about even, um, 
There's so many people that interacted with Jesus in this way. The blind man in John 9, Jesus sees him. And then Jesus calls him. And then Jesus heals him. And then Jesus says, hmm, do you believe in the son of man? He says, who is he? And he, it's he that you're speaking to. And he worships. And the blind man, I mean, just, I, out of, wow, Jesus showed up at my door. You could, you could go through the stories of Jesus with multiple people and find that story. You could find it in John 4 with the Samaritan woman. It's just, she's just getting in the water and Jesus is there starting a conversation. Come and, come and meet the man who told me everything. Just overwhelmed. I'm overflowing. The blind man falls and worships. It's just Wow. I think there's other people that they were on the hunt, they were on the search, they were on the quest. They're like the merchant. I'm looking. Andrew, he's that way. Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist until Jesus comes along. Then he leaves John to follow Jesus. He's one on a quest. Some of you, that might've been your journey. I'm going after who is the truth. What is the real way? And you found Jesus. Andrew, after finds Jesus, his language is actually, we have found the Messiah. Or in 2022, David Perkins' language, I found Jesus. Mm. That's it. That's my story. You want to come too? Because I found something of such great value that these fishing boats don't compare. So the unique storyline is the value that the finder places in what they found. They know it. And that's the, that's the interesting thing about Christianity or being a Christ follower, being someone who follows Jesus, is that to the degree that you really see, unpack, spend time with, discover the worth of Christ it causes some people to go do crazy things, like sell all. And Jesus, as he gives the story, he gives the same three things. When they found it, they sold all and purchased. So the storyline for you and for me is when I really understand the value of the treasure or the value of the pearl. And to the degree that you understand it, to the degree that you spend time learning about, to the degree. And some of you got a story. I was once, I was, this homecoming song we just sang, I was lost, I was broken. And yours is like, yours is a testimony. Do you know how broken I was? And Jesus saved me. Beautiful story. And then you add to it. And then I began a life of researching, studying the word of God. Then I, be, then I began to invest my heart and my affection, my dollars, my time into the kingdom. And you started to value it. And then you didn't just value yourself, but you actually started to value. You actually started to value the church of Jesus Christ making a difference in Kansas City. And then you cared a little bit more about that. And you valued, in addition to that, the church of Jesus Christ making a difference around the world. And then you cared about, oh, and... James 1.27, true religion is about widows and orphans and caring for them. And, and, and you started to care about 
your children knowing Jesus and making disciples. And you started to care about, wait a minute, Jesus told me to make disciples right here where I'm at. And as you go, go and make disciples. So, so now there's great value in this Jesus and all that he's taught. And over time, as you make that investment, wow, the worth, the value of the kingdom of God takes up more and more space in the value or the treasure or the affection of your heart. And over time, you become the crazy person that sells all. And the world looks at you and goes, hey, crazy Joe, that, that field, it's not worth it. And you go, ooh, <laughs> sorry for this, it's a little cheesy. It's like Princess Bride. I know something you do not know, <laughs> right? I am not left-handed. Right? And then, sorry. But, 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 but here's, here's, here's what motivates. I, I, I know something you, you, you don't know, the value. And everybody goes, don't spend dollars and time in relationships. Invest it in yourself, brother. Come on. And they try to talk you into a different narrative. Be like us. Do what we do. But the story of the Christian is I've just found a higher value than that. So I want to invite us to try to figure out what does it look like for you and I to not look at sacrifice as proving to God that we are loyal. But what if we got some of this joy? Like it can have some of that loyalty, but what if it's an overflow of the worth? That's why every time you have, and you have these stories in the Bible where people encounter God, they call them theophanies, it's a big word, but it's a moment that you encounter God. And so Paul, he could be about his own agenda. This is what I think is best persecute the Christians, an encounter with Jesus in Acts 9, and whoo, everything changes. Or Isaiah, ha, Isaiah 6, ay, 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 woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips, I've seen the Lord. Ah, everything changes. Why? Greater value because I've seen the Lamb. I've seen Jesus. I've so it takes up value. Oh, Oh, the privilege of the person that actually starts to see there's more value in the kingdom than me and my own reign and my own agenda and my, what I can assess, what I can gain, what I can get. It's foreign to culture, but it's the story of the kingdom. It's who we are. It's what being kingdom people looks like. So joy is the motive. All is the cost, and Jesus is the reward. You gain everything. So the kingdom is not a what, it's a who. And Jesus is saying, let's do a deal. <laughs> you and me. Tell you what, you bring your five-cent lemonade, I give you $100 billion, we do life together for eternity. What's up? You in? And for the craziest person to say, no, I'll look, I'll look to someone else. The value drives the behavior that causes the intensity of the parable. What? Interesting story, Jesus. What is it? Oh, the merchant. The merchant knows what he's looking for. He's looking for, he's found the pearl. Oh, the laborer. He found a hidden treasure. David Livingston, famous missionary to Africa 
And in 2007, I took a team to Africa and um, just got to just, just learn a little bit of the David Livingston story. And I just want to give you one of his quotes. Um, we were in Botswana and David Livingston, who was attacked by a lion, could have had wealth in Europe. His teeth fell out. He just, he lived, he lived a very sacrificial life. But I just want you to hear this quote, what he said. For my own part, I have never ceased to rejoice that God has appointed me to such an office. People talk of the sacrifice I have made in spending so much of my life in Africa. Is that a sacrifice which brings its own blessed reward in healthful activity and consciousness of doing good, peace of mind, and a bright hope of a glorious destiny hereafter? Away with the word in such a view and with such a thought. It is emphatically no sacrifice. Say rather it is a privilege. Anxiety, sickness, suffering, or danger now and then with a foregoing of the common conveniences and charities of this life may make us pause and cause the spirit to waver and the soul to sink. But let this only be for a moment. All these are nothing when compared with the glory which shall be revealed in and for us. And here's the phrase, I never made a sacrifice. Hmm. Said of the missionary, who gave his life to Africa because of the worth of Christ, treasuring Christ. You know how when you go to buy something online, you look at the reviews. What do people who have gone before me said about this? David Livingston would say, I'll give you my review. I never made a sacrifice. Isaiah would say, come to me all who are thirsty. Come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affairs. Psalmist in Psalm 42, here's how he would say it. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go? and meet with God. There is great value. When can I give up time, dollars, treasures of the planet for the treasure of the kingdom? And then the most famous one, Paul, Philippians 3, whatever, is to my gain. I consider loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. So a couple quick thoughts. How do I take a step? Number one, be real with God about your true treasure. Be real. Just, just real honest. On our vacation, um, my kids showed me this new app called Be Real. Never heard of it until vacation. But it's this app where out of the overflow of a generation that's tired of everything looking pretty on the highlight reel. Let's do an app that's called Be Real. Well, let's just think about if you were to be real with God and talk about where, where am I at? Not, not where do I pretend to be at, but what are the real treasures in my heart? Where does my mind go in solitude where I don't have to do something, where I'm just driving in my car or I'm on a run? What, what, where does, what, do, I, what do I think about? Where do my thoughts have a tendency to go? What, what, what has chief affection in my heart? What can I not live without? Like if I'm really honest, what are the things that I just think, oh, I can't, I could never live without that. If I were to follow my finances, where do, where do I spend 
the highest percentage of my dollars? If I were to follow my time, where do I spend my time? What's my chief treasure? I was thinking about my own journey and I'm the kind of guy that gave my life to Jesus as a a junior high student. And um, so it's like re-upping. And you know that story about Lot's wife where she just looked back and turned to the pillar of salt? Sometimes I think it's easy for us to say, Jesus, you're my treasure. And then months go by, maybe a couple years go by, and you've just started to glance back. And you start to look back and, and slowly some of the other treasures, just by looking, I'll just, I'll just look and entertainment, sport, wealth, fame, pick the fame. Starts to take up more affection in your soul, in your heart. And you would never say, I resonate with Lot's wife, but it's possible that over time, we would verbalize Jesus is my true treasure. And I've sold all for him. But if you were to do a pop quiz on what your life would look like if you were not a follower of Jesus, it's not much different than the fact that you are a follower of Jesus. So if you were to do a pop quiz and say, what would my life actually look like if I wasn't following him? The nature of the parable is the person who has found Jesus, their life looks radically different because they've sold all for the prize, for the treasure, for the pearl. So pop quiz. Pop quiz. What? How does my life look so different because I have found the most valuable treasure? I've given everything. Number one, just be real. Be real with God. Two, ask God to help you treasure Christ. Okay, I'm real with God. Then when you sit with that prayer journal for 21 days, just ask. Paul said it in Ephesians 1, I I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might know him better. That's your touchdown. That's your goal. That's your win. That's your aim. That I might know him better. That's more than I care about what my investments look like. That's more than I care about uh, with my team is going to win the AFC West this year. That's more than I care about what I look like on a Monday or, or my, what my skin looks like or how anything that I might know God. That's, that's my win. So I ask it. And just, I would invite you just to even, if you're willing, just ask God each day. God, help me treasure Christ. Give me Revelation. If I see more of what you're like, as I value, hits my, my heart, my head, and then my action. So sometimes you'll see people and you look at their action and it looks so different than yours because they've already, they've already made the treasure of their heart, the affections, it's, it's already transformed in the heart and the head. So when the action moment comes, it's quick and it's easy, right? Are you with me? So they've, they've already transferred it. It's just, it's already there. And so when you get heart, head, you're alone with God, you get all that working. So all that, it's what Pastor Hal said. <laughs> You're doing the hard work of relationship. See, online works. You're doing the hard work. I'm going to get close. I'm going to get really, really close. So then that moment, selling all, oh, look at me. 
I'm so amazed. This is so sacrificial, so hard. I'm so awesome. Gone. Why? In my joy, I sell all. In my joy, these dollars, this time, this, this summer, this, now it's, it's all his. I'm already with him. I, now he's got all the affection in my heart. He's the reward. Jesus is the reward. Joy is the motive. Can you imagine being driven by joy to sacrificially give your life? Oh, it sounds like Jesus. Because Jesus, Hebrews chapter 12, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Consider him. What motivated Jesus to go to the cross? He's driven by joy? Oh, yeah. Jesus, loving you, going to the cross, gave all. Jesus, though he was rich yet for our sake, he became poor that through his power, through our, the, so, through, for the joy set before him. I'm, let me start this verse over again. Though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, that we might become rich. That's the, that, that's, that's the amazing story. That's what, that's what Jesus did for us. So for us to then go, ah, oh, Jesus, it's my joy. Sell all. Buy the field. Driven by joy. Why? The worth of the lamb the worth of the treasure, the worth of the pearl. He is worthy. He's worth it. Will you stand with me? Some of you say, how do I respond to this? Ask the Lord in these 21 days to give you sacrificial spiritual steps. Like what, what are the steps you could take? It is real easy to do church in America without a vibrant interior relationship with God. But the joy is when you and him have a real relationship and you're really taking steps and he's saying, all right, here's your next sacrificial step. Joy. Here's, I want you to disciple junior high dudes. God, I'll do anything but that. Joy. I want to invite you to care about widows and orphans. Oh, no, 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 God. Oh, 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 oh. What about my Facebook time? No. And if you get the stories of the 80-year-olds. You never get the story of 80-year-olds that have given 50, 60 years saying, mm, wish I'd have sacrificed less for the kingdom. They don't come. They always have the same thing. What? If I could go back, I would trade the treasures of the planet for the treasures Christ. I would, I would treasure Christ even more. I would give all. I would surrender. I would learn the joy. So I'm not asking you to do something. I'm asking you to ask God 
and experience the joy of all. Joy is the motive. All is the cost. Jesus, the reward. Jesus, we give you our lives. We surrender. You're our treasure. The Lord is our treasure. The Lord is our delight. The Lord is our friend. The Lord is our savior. The Lord is our hope. We just ask the Holy Spirit even now what he's telling you, what your step could look like. You just come to Jesus and say, I want to re-treasure, <laughs> reprise, re-exalt, re-center you. You're my treasure. I just put you back first place in my affection above all. If you're here today and you want to say, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life, sell all and follow Christ. If that's you, would just raise your hand with me and I just want to pray with you. Just raise your hand if you want to make that choice today. Jesus gives you this invitation, just like it is disciples. Come follow me. Pray this prayer, Jesus, I surrender. I give you my life. Save me. Give me eternal life. Be my one true joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give a big hand to anybody that prayed that prayer online or in the room? So there's this great song that you gotta go stream on Spotify. It came out, it's really fresh, it's really new. It came out in 2002. It's 20 years. It goes, it's by Jared Anderson. It goes, the Lord is my treasure. So go check it out and uh, play that all week long. The Lord is my treasure. Treasure, actually it's by, you'll get, it's by Desperation Band. So if you do Spotify, Jared, you won't find it. If you do Desperation Band, treasure, just the word treasure. And that's what was like burning in my heart all week. Sorry. The big win is to get, get these ideas from here and here. Amen. Sing it. Text it. Pray it. Speak it. Don't just know it. It's just so, it's just so hard. I just, I just think we're in an information age where everybody knows everything and they all say it. I just want to invite you, do the hard work of relationship. Amen? Amen. Sorry, second sermon. Uh, prayer team, you want to come forward? Let's take up our offering and we'll, we'll go. All right, Father, we love you today. 
Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing in our hearts. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be our treasure. And God, as we end this series, this summer, we pray, Jesus, who you are, what you said, what you're doing, let it go deep into our hearts. Let us be people that treasure Christ above all. In Jesus' name, amen.